Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala rasulihil kareem amma ba'an. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. So it makes me very happy to see all of you. Uh, some, we have some new faces, we have some old faces, and, and inshallah, uh, you guys will have a lot of learning with, with the current administration, which is very, very excellent. In any case, having said that, <coughs> so a lot of us have a lot of things on our minds related to the recent uh, presidential election. What are some of the feelings that you've had? Yes? Um, like, a lot of people keep talking about it in school, but, like, um, it doesn't really, like, affect me because I don't think Donald Trump has the power to kick us out. Okay. So I'm hearing two things in what you're saying. So one, you're saying uh, it doesn't really affect you, uh, even though people are saying things. Um, so in that way, you're kind of, you're okay. But on the other hand, you said Donald Trump doesn't really have the power to kick us out. How many of us have fear that Donald Trump is going to kick us out? Raise your hand. Okay. Okay. What other feelings have you had regarding the election? Yes, ma'am. You're annoyed because everyone keeps talking about it. I agree with you 100%. Very good. Yes. Okay, so shocked that many people would vote for him. What was wrong or what is wrong with voting for him? What would you say? He's just head shake. Okay, very good. Yes? You're saying the rioting, the rioting is really stupid, we should get over it? Okay, yeah. So you're saying we should be what? What should we do instead? Okay, so we should, we should, uh, we should not riot and prove that we're better people. Yes, ma'am. Why do they not think that a, a woman can lead America? Okay, so 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 a lot of people uh, didn't vote for for, for Clinton because they didn't think a woman could lead America. Nice point. Yes, ma'am. Well, I'm having trouble hearing. Okay, so you said you don't like both because Donald makes fun of people, and then what about Hillary? She killed a lot of Muslims. Oh, that's pretty scary. That's pretty serious. I like how you're on a first-name basis with both of them. That's pretty good. <laughs> how about something from, from a boy? One of, how about one of our young men tell us something? How do you feel, or how did you feel after the election? Yes, sir? I feel, I feel a little comforted by the fact a little bit that, she, that Clinton still won like, the popular vote. Okay. More people still voted like for her in the, even though I know it doesn't mean that she becomes president. Okay, so in the way our, our democracies organized, she still got the, the more the, the, the more votes total by like I think one point eight million and then but still he has more of the electoral college votes, yes. Yes sir. So, so what you're annoyed by is how, how bad everyone's behaving, making the whole country divided by pointing fingers at each other and calling names to each other. Sure. Yes, ma'am. I think it's stupid. In his speech, he said that he wished that all women, all races come together as one, that. and like that's the ultimate of what he was saying his whole campaign. Okay. So, so that's an interesting point. He's two-faced, like Harvey Dent. Is that what he's like? Yeah. And so, so. He's saying one thing in his recent speech, but that's sort of the opposite of what he's saying in his campaign. Sure. Yes, ma'am. Well, I think if Hillary Clinton didn't quit, she would have won. Okay. So, so you're saying she should have just kept pushing through, and then she would have won? Okay. I thought somebody here was raising a hand. Yeah. How about a few more people? How did you feel, or how do you feel? Yes. Um, I, it's not, like, really annoying. It's just that people go too crazy over it. It's okay for, like, a few weeks, like, two weeks before it goes on. Like, um, I was at the middle school for practice, and a lot of people were holding up flags and stuff saying Trump, Hillary, and it just kind of, like, gets boring to mm. see all these things. And it's, like, no use. Like, okay, so, so a lot of the things people are saying just has no use and it gets really boring. How about one more person over here? Somebody... Yes, sir. All the way in the back. Okay, that's another good thing. He's not going to be president until January. Okay. Okay, yes, sir. Fearful for their own jobs and mm. what will come of their family. 
Okay, very good. So, so people are concerned about, about their jobs and about their families and such. This is a good point uh, to, to start the next part of the conversation. I really appreciate all the things that every one of you shared. These are really, really good points. And so, yes, ma'am. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. So let's take a moment for, for all the littlest ones to go for their first period elective. Okay, okay, okay. While while they're all leaving, let's let's get back to our conversation. All right. So somebody give me a rough number. How many people voted for Donald Trump in the election? Who can tell me? Yes, sir. Thank you. And it would be more specific than a lot. How many people? Yes, sir. Too many. Too many. All right. Good. The meaning of life. I haven't heard you say that in a long time. Yes. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> He's just stretching. Okay, yes, sir. Yeah, about 59 million people voted for, for Donald Trump, um, give or take 57, 58 million, and then just a little bit more than that voted for, for uh, Hillary Clinton. One point to think about is that we're afraid sometimes that all of these people who voted for, for Hillary Clinton voted because they hate Muslims. I don't think that's true. Right? So I voted for Donald Trump because they hate Muslims. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, I don't think that's true. I don't think these 50 million people voted because they hate us. I also don't think all these people voted um, for, for, for Donald Trump because they want white people to rule over everything. I don't think that's true either, right? Uh, I, know, I know a bunch of people who are Trump supporters, and this doesn't reflect them either. But a lot of people voted for Donald Trump because they are really frustrated. Right? So they're all saying, yeah, Donald Trump says a whole bunch of crazy things. They're all saying Donald Trump says a whole bunch of offensive things. They're saying Donald Trump has a lot of really done a lot of really horrible things in, in his life, but they're saying we're voting for him anyway just because we're frustrated by the whole system. Right? How many of you feel frustrated? Anyone? Nobody feels frustrated? You feel frustrated? Yeah. A whole lot of people across our country feel, feel really frustrated. Now, one thing that all of us have living here, mashallah, living here, meaning in Chicago, in the western suburbs, southern suburbs, et cetera, et cetera, is that we have a lot of security. And in most of our cases, if not all of our cases, in most of our cases, uh, our parents have jobs through which they can take care of us, right? But a lot of the people who voted for Donald Trump either are out of work because the businesses and the, and the, and the industries where they lived all left or they all failed. And so a lot of people either are afraid that they're not going to have a job or they don't have a job right now, which means it's hard for them to put food on their table, which means they're just afraid about life in general. And so what am I saying? If any of you feel afraid about what's about to happen, what might happen, that's okay. But I'm saying those people who voted for Trump are more afraid. Right? Now, one of the blessings that we have because we have belief, because we have Iman, is that we can understand that whatever it is that Allah Ta'ala puts in front of us, we can handle, right? So let's say you get into a car accident and you really, your family really needed your car, needed the car, but now they have to figure out what to do. You're gonna get through it one way or the other, right? Or let's say you get really, really sick, you have to go to the hospital, people have to take care of you, you're going to get through it one way or the other, right? Allah Ta'ala is not gonna give you something you can't handle. That's a promise from Allah, that no matter what he hits you with, no matter what tests he gives you, you can handle them. And so even if all of those 50 million people voted because they hate us, whatever they try to do, we can handle. But I'm telling you, they're not voting because they hate us. They are kind of afraid of us, 
I mean, should they be afraid of us? What do you think? No. No, no. no why? Because a minority doesn't represent the majority. Okay, so, so minority doesn't represent the majority. How about the young I think people? the only images that certain people have seen of Muslims in general are not positive images. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people who've never met Muslims. And so if they look at the news, then what are they going to think about us? That they're wild, bad people, right? But every one of us knows that that's not really true. And every one of us knows we put those images on the news just so people get scared and watch. So a lot of people are afraid for their jobs, and they're kind of also afraid of us, and they're kind of also afraid of minorities and such. Right? But the key point I'm, I want you to think about is that they're not voting this way because they hate us. Right? They're voting this way because they're saying, as bad and as weird as this man is, you know, we're desperate for someone to help us. And so a point for you and I to think about, especially as you're getting older and older and you get in your careers, is how do we make the lives for everyone else better? Because the model of the prophet, peace be upon him, is that no matter what people try to do with him, people try to attack him, people try to attack his followers, people try to insult him, people even went war against him, his goal was still to make everyone else's lives better. Okay? So keep that point in mind, that... Even if you feel afraid right now, I'm saying it's okay, but I'm saying we don't really have actually that much to be afraid of. Inshallah. Right? And if anything would happen, Allah is not going to give us anything we can't handle. And keep that point in mind, even if you have to remind yourself. Because all of us who are your parents, we remember what life was like 15 years ago, right after 9-11, where we had this huge, huge, huge terrorist attack. And a whole lot of us were very, very afraid. We were terrified. But here we are 15 years later, and we're perfectly fine. And that's probably how things are going to be, right? But that still means you and I have a responsibility higher than most people. Number one, because we're Muslim. And number two, because a lot of people don't really understand how much benefit we bring to everyone else because of who we are and because of the fact that we're Muslim. Right? So what do you think about that? Does that make sense? Right? So you and I have an obligation that no matter how scary things might seem uh, outside, to still have confidence that inshallah everything's fine. Right. To still have confidence that not only is everything fine, you and I still have to do our work. I still have to go to work every single day and take care of my students. You have to go to, go to school every single day and be the best that you can in your class. And that's how you win. Right? So we have a saying, you fight fire with fire. Meaning if someone is shooting fire at you, you shoot fire back. That's not our tradition. Our tradition is that you fight fire with water. Right? So if someone's saying mean things to you, you respond by being nice. If someone is doing really nasty things to you, you respond by helping them. Does that make sense? What happens if someone says something mean to you and you respond by saying something mean? What happens? Yes, sir? I'm sorry? It's going to make the situation worse. And that's what a lot of people are doing. So a lot of people are rioting because they're so upset. And that's probably not going to help things very much. It's going to make things uh, much more worse. What happens if someone does something mean to you but you respond with generosity, you respond with niceness. Yes, ma'am? You put out the fire. You put out the fire, exactly. That's the teaching of our tradition. That's the teaching of Christianity. That's the teaching of so many people's traditions. And sometimes people forget that because they're afraid. Right? So the model of Jesus Islam in Christianity is you turn the other cheek. The model of the Prophet, peace be upon him, in Islam is the same thing, that if someone is doing mean things to you, you're always nice to them. And there's an additional point, that if someone is your enemy, and you're being nice to them, eventually Allah Ta'ala is going to make them your friend. Yes, ma'am? What if they take advantage of you being nice to them? That can often happen, that people might take advantage of you being nice, and we can address it a few ways. What do you think we should do? Yeah. Any thoughts? What should we do if someone's taking advantage of us being nice? Okay, so it, it doesn't mean we'd have to, we, we can't be firm. Sure, very good point, yes. Ignore them. So we can ignore them. So if someone takes advantage of me being nice, I probably still didn't lose anything. I'm still fine, right? Uh, if someone is being mean to someone else, then I should try to help them, right? If someone is taking advantage of someone else, then I should try to make it hard for them to, to take advantage of them. So there's a teaching of the Prophet, peace be upon him, that you should help those people who are being hurt, and you should help those people who are hurting. 
who are hurting others. And so then his companions, may Allah be pleased with them, said, Okay, you know, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, we understand how to help people who are being hurt. How do we help people who are hurting other people? And so he said, you make it hard for them to hurt other people. Any other questions or thoughts? I think you guys all have that look when the teacher asks any questions. You all start looking away. You know, suddenly get busy, suddenly have to do your homework. So think about this. That, again, it's okay if you feel kind of afraid. And it's okay that the uncertainty of the future kind of has you worried. But I'm suggesting that there isn't as much hate against us that we might be afraid of. There are some people who hate us, right? And it's their loss. There are a whole lot of people who like us. There's a whole lot of people who are actually concerned for us. Yes, ma'am? A whole lot of people have never met a Muslim before. If someone lives in a big city, you know, like Chicagoland, they've probably met some Muslims, including good Muslims, including not so good Muslims, but a whole lot of good Muslims. But yeah, if you, if you live in, in middle America, maybe you haven't ever met a Muslim. And, and so you don't know what to think of them. So there's a, there's a teaching of the Prophet's son-in-law, Ali, where he said, and may Allah be pleased with him, where he said that uh, people fear what they don't know. Right? So if something is unknown, if that person is a stranger, usually our default reaction is to be afraid. And so it's understandable that people are afraid of us. But you and I know that there's no reason for them to be afraid of us. And I'm telling you, there isn't much reason for us to be afraid of them either. And we go through day by day by day. And again, your job is, if things are easy or if things are hard, your job is to, still to work harder than everybody else. And your job is to figure out how to make everybody else's life better. Any other questions or thoughts? Yes, ma'am. Not so much as a student question, but um, I think that one of the disturbing things that happened during the election was that the rhetoric did get as far as it mm-hmm. did get. And now that it's okay to mm-hmm. say things like build that wall, mm-hmm. go, go back to your home, whatever things that were not okay to say, before this election started. And if you see or encounter that, whether it be at school or at work, like how, who to go to or mm, how to question. react to. So yeah, this is an important point. A lot of people who were quiet, who were afraid, or who were angry after the election, they started feeling like it's okay to say all kinds of nasty things. That, I think, is going to keep increasing for a while. I think that's going to increase all the way, at least until the inauguration, so all the way until January. And it'll probably increase a little bit more after that. Then I think it's going to eventually start dying down. Um, But if someone does something to you, or if someone does something or you see something happening, something mean, someone saying something mean, or someone might even try to hurt someone, the first thing you should do is go to a place where you're safe. Or if you can help someone, sometimes we can't, try to get them to a place that's safe. So if it's at school, try to get them out of the way. Try to walk away. But the second thing you should do is you should tell somebody at the school. Right? You should tell whether it's a teacher or a guard or a principal, find someone to tell. Because it's their responsibility to make sure everyone is safe and they're going to take care of you. Third thing you should do is you should tell your parents. Right? And sometimes we get afraid of telling our parents because you know our parents might do something really tough. But no, obviously there's nobody in the world who cares more about you than your folks. So if anything happens, make sure you tell your parents. Like even uh, earlier today, I had a student, a college student, who was off campus, and she saw uh, a Muslim man who was about 60 years old being followed by what seems to be a non-Muslim man who was about 70 years old. And the 70-year-old, they're walking out of Dunkin' Donuts, and the 70-year-old goes, go back to Muhammad. I thought, that's really strange. What's a 70-year-old going to do? Right. So she was asking me, what should I do? She didn't tell me what had happened. And I said, okay, are you safe? She said, yeah. And then she started telling me, I said, is that man safe? She said, yeah. I said that, well, if you, she was getting really angry. She wanted to do something about it. And I asked her the same question that I asked you a, a few moments ago. What would happen if you said something mean? She said, it probably wouldn't help anything. Uh, what would happen if you said something nice? She said, maybe it'll help something. But sometimes those moments only last about five seconds, and they might make us afraid, but they end. 
But the point I'm making is that even if someone is saying something mean to you, don't worry about what, what your friends are going to think. You should tell some of the authorities in school so that they don't do it to someone else. See what I'm saying? That we might feel fear out of peer pressure that, okay, I'm going to be embarrassed if I say anything about this. But if we don't say anything about it, the person who's being a bully is going to be a bully to someone else, and to someone else, and to someone else. Or they might not even realize how much of a bully they're being. And so for that reason, I'm suggesting to tell somebody who is an authority in your school. And but again, I'm telling you that things might be kind of intense or might be kind of frightening for, for the next few months. Probably until about February, then I think everyone's going to start calming down. Because we are still living in a, in a very tense time. It's still, I'm still saying, you're more safe, far more safe than not safe. That the worst you're probably going to get is someone saying something obnoxious. Has anyone had anything mean happen to them or to their family members? Okay. Any other questions or thoughts? About anything related to this? How many of you watched the Cubs win the World Series? <laughs> See, I was more surprised by that than by Trump winning. <laughs> right? yeah. And what's funny is that, so they won the World Series, what day was that? It was like Wednesday, Wednesday yes. night? Yeah, and so I had a friend from out of town who wanted to meet me for breakfast at this one particular place downtown, and we forgot about the parade. And so I met him for breakfast, and we got stuck in the, in the Cubs rally. And then after, after, after he left, I was trying to walk uh, back to the train. If there was no, nobody there, it would have taken about six minutes. It took me 90 minutes to, to get to the train. And I even walked past all the Cubs buses with all the players. And I was there all unintentionally, but I saw everything. There were like a zillion people there. I felt like I was at Hudge, except everybody was dressed in white and blue. So I'm also saying don't let yourself forget about the Cubs' victory. I had a lot of friends who were my age who were just crying and crying and crying. They didn't cry about Trump winning. They cried about the Cubs winning because they were just so happy. They'd never been that happy in their whole lives. But then I had to remind them, I'm a White Sox fan. We already won the World Series 10 years ago. So, yeah. Any other questions or thoughts about anything? Nothing else? Yes, ma'am. Can you um, speak to the maybe um, some older kids here about um, getting involved more in social services mm -hmm. and civic engagement and politics because I always feel that the Chicago area youth are um, um, good Muslims and spirituality wise we have a lot of uh, schools and um, institutions um, uh, teaching those but um, I feel that the Muslim youth uh, do not uh, participate as much because Chicago has the most one of them biggest areas with Muslims mm -hmm. than uh, any other, I mean, probably, so, um, yeah, not many other areas. So we could be spearheading um, heading something, some activities mm -hmm. like that, but um, I, unfortunately, I feel that uh, Chicago Muslim youth uh, do not um, okay. involve so, as much. So I, I would like you to um, encourage our <laughs> future uh, youth here to... Uh, help better uh, mm -hmm. the situation. And I think that's the only way we can become an integral part of mm -hmm. America. And, uh, even though we accomplish professionally. And Maybe you should sit up here and give the speech. You know, <laughs> you'd like to do that? <laughs> I, I always feel that uh, as Muslim parents, we uh, uh, urge them to do well in professions and education. But <laughs> mm -hmm. giving back to the community and involved in the uh, social aspect. Mm -hmm. No, I think that that's, that's a very, very fair point. That once again, for, for all of us, <coughs> sorry, I had to clear my throat. How do you guys do it? Okay. So, so once again, when you think about your careers, how many of you want to grow up to be doctors? Raise your hand. No, I'm sorry. How many of you want your, your parents want you to grow up to be doctors? Okay. Okay. Very nice. So all of you who are, who are going to grow up to be doctors to make your parents happy, make sure, especially, you give time to, to serving those people who have special need um, who might not be in your particular region. What other careers do you want to grow up to be? Raise your hand. Yes. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a lawyer. Very good. Any idea what type of lawyer? A good lawyer? Yeah. And so even in the work that you do, figure out how you can also give benefit to other people. So being a doctor is great. Being a lawyer is great because those are service jobs. And so you can help other people. Yes. You want to be an author. What type of books do you want to write? 
fiction fantasy, are you going to have a character named something like, I want to know, Harry Potter or something like that? Oh. You, know? you can have, what's his name, Haris Patel, right? You can do something like that. So, so are you, what ta- uh, do you want to write books to make people happy, to make people scared, to make people excited? What do you think? Okay. Well, as you write your, 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 your stories, try to write them as best as you possibly can. And that, I think, will automatically give people a lot of benefit. What other careers? Are you raising your hand again? No. What other careers do any of you want to go into? Yes, sir. You want to be an aerospace engineer. Do you want to go fly in space? Or do you want to make things for people to fly in space? Do you want people to go fly to Mars with, with Elon Musk and such? Okay, so you, you can help people fly to, to Venus, right? <laughs> or to the sun. You want to hear this, this funny uncle joke? And it's an uncle joke, which means it's only going to make me laugh. So this one guy said, you know, in the name of the America Muslims, I'm going to build a spaceship and fly to the sun. Right, and the people around him said, what are you crazy? Your spaceship is going to melt. And he said, what? You're so silly, I'm not going to go in the daytime. <laughs> right, yeah. So you guys actually laughed. That was good. <laughs> so the point is, uh, when, you, when you are looking at your careers, make it a promise to yourself and a promise to me that you're going to figure out how through your career you can also give benefit to other people. But there's a lot of things you can do right now. So for example, in, in, in Chicagoland right now, we have a problem called food instability. Anybody know what that is? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So food instability means I don't know if I'm going to have lunch today. I may, I may not. I don't know if I'm going to have dinner today. I may or may not. How many kids, meaning your age in Chicago, are living in food instability? Anybody know? Or what percentage? Higher. Well, not that high. So one out of six kids in Chicago right now don't know if they're going to have dinner today. How many of you think you're going to have dinner today? Yeah, yeah most of you. And, and if you're not raising your hand, you're probably too lazy or you're, you're thinking about the meaning of life, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. There are some places in Chicago where one out of three kids don't know if they're going to have dinner today. Yeah. So these are, these are things you and I can work on right now to try to figure out how to get food for other people, right? Because that's our responsibility. That's our responsibility as Muslims, that's our responsibility as Chicagoans, that's our responsibility as Americans. Figure out how to get people to have sustenance, how they can have food. So a project that might be good for for an Emily project, which I, but you, you guys have done that stuff before, you know, um, with pads or something. Right? We've also gone to the Chicago food. Oh, excellent, perfect. Yeah, I'm getting my stats from them. So, yeah. so excellent, so we can do more of, of, of those things. Uh, I'd also say, for all you young people, uh, I, I want to congratulate, of course, the mothers are always here, mashallah, and we have how many fathers? Four fathers here. I'm going to say, a'udhubillah, because um, as I was walking here looking for how to find, get here, I saw a whole bunch of dads sitting in their cars, probably listening to the bears lose, right? So all you young people, try to drag your fathers to come here too, right? And, and that can help uh, get other ideas on what to do. Any other questions or thoughts? So, so... So I praise all of you parents who are here, and the mothers, like I said, are always here. I mean, I recognize all of you are always here every single week. And you fathers who are here, mashallah, that makes me very happy. As far as those who are in the car right now, I hope the bears lose badly. Yes? Uh, why do you think this fear has been created sort of recently? That's a really good question. Uh, I think, in general, people have been afraid for a long time. Because our country's been at war for a long time, and so there's a certain level of fear that everybody has. And I think how people have been, have been turning away from religion. One of the important things that religion gives, it helps you understand that life is bigger, that you don't have to be afraid. And, it tell, and religion teaches you that God is going to take care of you. And so when people turn away from religion, they think they're doing something better for themselves, but they're actually allowing themselves to be more afraid because they have nothing to turn to. Those are some of my thoughts. So people have been afraid in our society for a long time. And when the economy goes up and down like it does in every society, when it starts going down, people get really afraid. Right? And so we have to remind ourselves that inshallah Allah is going to keep taking care of us. It'll be scary, but even then, inshallah Allah will take care of us. Yes, sir? Uh, one of the reasons that people are afraid, especially towards Muslims more so, which is because there has been an increase, I know this, is because there has been within the last 
25 years, an increase of, of Muslims doing terrorist acts. Mm -hmm. I also know that it's the number of terrorist acts that are classified terrorism are, are slightly disproportionate. The, the Muslim category is slightly disproportionate to mm -hmm. the population of Muslims in the United States. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so there have been Muslims or people who think that out of Islam or Islam is telling them to do bad things and they've been doing bad things. What do you guys think about all those things? Yeah, it's pretty bad, right? I mean, uh, I don't know how they can justify it as Muslims, but they think they're doing the right thing. Uh, there are also, in terms of the percentage of, of non-Muslims who are doing the same type of things, that number is way, way, way higher, right? But for some reason, the ones about, um, that have people who believe they're Muslims, that gets a lot more attention. You know, we were at a meeting a couple of days ago um, that had people from the Department of Homeland Security, the FBI, Chicago police there, and a complaint that I was making there is that, all right, I don't think you know, Muslim terrorism is a real problem here. Uh, I think white supremacy is a problem here. Right? And then other people were asking questions about that, but they weren't getting really, really good answers. But uh, yeah, so a lot of people are afraid because when they look in the news, they see violence associated with us, but for some reason the news doesn't show violence by other people as much. Yes, ma'am. Well, this happened recently. Is there, I mean, there's probably like other reasons why, but a lot of people have been harassing women wearing hijab, mm -hmm. and then many people, when they go out, they're not wearing a hijab because mm -hmm. they're scared. Yeah. Is there any way of um, stopping that? That's uh, Stopping which part? The harassing or women picking up? That's a really good question. I've had students who've also been emailing me saying that, uh, or asking me, should I be afraid of, of covering my hair? Right. And right now I'm telling them no. Don't be afraid. Yeah, we keep hearing about you know, people, like some guy walk up to some, some Muslim woman, pull off her hijab, or say something really, really mean, right? And, and so my suggestion right now to students has been, um, don't be afraid right now, right? Um, but also exercise common sense, right? Don't put yourself in a place where you're extra vulnerable. So if you're walking in the street at night, because we have classes you know, all day at night at school, um, you know, I ask people, not just the women, but the men also, to either walk in places where there's a lot of light or uh, don't walk alone if possible. Right? But uh, I agree with you that there is harassment, and I've been hearing about a lot of harassment for the last few days, but I'd still say if you look at how many people there are, there isn't that much, but we should still be concerned. You know, I was making a point to, to my students a couple days ago that not too long after 9-11, some people in our neighborhood thought they were serving their country by vandalizing my parents' house, right? And, and my parents are, 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 are nice parents. You know, they, they know the parents of some of these kids, so they didn't really say anything or do anything. They might have talked to the parents of one of them. Uh, but then, where things get weird is that one of these kids that vandalized my parents' house then applied for a job with, I think, the Department of Homeland Security or the police force. And what makes it weird is that he then used my parents as a reference. Right? And so, so then these people came to my parents' house asking, what do you think about this kid? And because my parents are nice people and they care about this kid, even though he did some stupid stuff, they still said nice things about him. Right? But I don't think he got the job. Yes, ma'am. So what I'm saying is it's, uh, it's okay to be afraid, and it takes courage to, to be nice, and I think we all have that much courage. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so when I was in fourth grade in PE, um, uh, I was running, and then this girl waved off my hijab, and she threw it, like, across the gym. Wow. And, like, and then I told the teacher, so I got in a lot of trouble. Uh, and how did you feel about telling the teacher? She's like, yeah. Yeah, sometimes we might have to take, for, uh, uh, take a break from being friends with them. I'm sorry that that happened to you, but are you okay now? How long ago did that happen? In fourth grade. Oh, fourth grade. What grade are you in now? Like you're in college or something? <laughs> Sixth grade? Okay. So, so you did exactly 100% the right thing, that you went straight to a teacher. And so that was a really good example. And those moments are scary, and they also hurt our feelings. And yeah, unfortunately, sometimes we might have to keep our distance from those people, and then when we're ready to be nice to them later, we can do that. Yes, sir? What do you think the political parties need to do so people like uh, Donald Trump are not like the first choice? That's a really good question. I mean, politics as it is, when you get to that higher level, it kind of uh, almost invites certain types of behavior, right? Um, and what I mean by that is 
uh, Donald Trump may not have gotten elected if he wasn't such a weird man, right? <laughs> you know. uh, but uh, the first thing that, that people in politics need to do is to care more about their constituents than their jobs, right? But a lot of people don't do that, right? Uh, but that then means that what you and I have to do is to make sure that the politicians care first about us than about their jobs. And you start from the local level, right? Which means you also have to be aware of what's happening in your neighborhoods. But that's where it starts. It starts at what we call the grassroots. Yes, sir. Uh, This, this is a good question. So he made a lot, of, a lot of promises, and politicians always make a whole lot of promises, and I think they think they can do them, but America's a really big country, and you have to get approval from a whole lot of people, including the House and Congress, or the House and the Senate. And yeah, majority of the House and Senate right now is Republican, uh, but I would say they're not all as loony as he is, right? And so for most of the things he wants to do, first he's going to have to learn how things work in Washington, right? President Obama had to go through that process too, learning how things work in Washington before figuring out how to do things. And so I think a lot of things that he wants to do, first he has to go through a whole lot of people to, to get them done. Right? Um, but a lot of things that he wants to do, I don't know if he actually really even thinks much about them. Right? A lot of it is empty rhetoric. It's irresponsible rhetoric, but a lot of it is empty. Uh, yes? Oh, perfect. Yes, sir. Since Donald Trump now is president and he's Republican, and um, most of the branches um, are controlled by Republicans, mm -hmm. and a lot of them were anti Trump, but now since he's president, they're pro Trump. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think, uh, so the question is, what do I think is going to happen? Because we have a Republican president, a Republican House, a Republican Senate. I think they're going to try to pass a whole lot of measures, and it's going to take a lot of conversation, a lot of debate, and things will happen slowly. Right. But it's all like wait and see. When President Obama actually got elected, it was all Democrat, right? Um, but they didn't get as much stuff done, which is probably what's going to happen here too. Right. Uh, but I'm also saying it's not something we need to worry about, but it's something we should pay attention to because it's our country. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so we'll see. Uh, so I do hope he's going to try to do some really good things. I heard a funny story that apparently is true that he started researching Obamacare. You know, and so he Googled it, right, rather than talking to, to, to an advisor or something. So hopefully his, his internet works so he can learn a whole lot of things. You know, and maybe he can look up good Muslims and see all uh, photos of us. Maybe he'll come to MLA, you know, we can teach him some stuff too, right? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Um, what do you think about these hashtags going on, like, not my America, mm -hmm. or like, I'm not with Trump? Like, is it fear or is it just, like, rebellion? I think it's fear and rebellion. So I've been writing, you know, the, the hashtag sign. Hashtag the word, just because I think it's funny, <laughs> and then I'll say whatever it is that I want to say. You know, hashtag I'm cool, right? Uh, yeah, we'll see how long it, it, uh, um, people do it for. Sometimes I think people are just expressing their frustration. Mm -hmm. like, like, he, like my friends are like, yeah, we're we're just gonna pretend Trump's not the president. Yeah, I ask some people, what does that even mean? Yeah, I don't. Right? I, don't I mean, are you gonna like just walk around saying he's not my president? He's not yeah, my president. Right? Like you know? live in America, you have to like. Yeah, I mean, you, you, the, the president is the commander-in-chief, so technically we have to listen to him, right? Doesn't mean we have to like him. Yep. I, mean, I mean, a whole lot of presidents in my lifetime have been people that I don't really want over for dinner, right? <laughs> but, and, yes, ma'am. Um, so, Trump originally started as a joke, so how do you think he became president? Do you think it was, like, how, what he said, or just gender in general, because he was a woman? Or do you think just because of like the racism he spreaded? Uh, I think all of that is part of it. Uh, yeah, it seems like he kind of started as a joke, and maybe he was upset because a lot of people were making fun of him, uh, and so this is his way of getting back. For for whatever reason, people started following him, and yeah, I do think a lot of people didn't vote for Hillary Clinton because she's a female. I think that's absolutely true, right? Even though, uh, can you name any uh, countries that have had a Muslim head or Muslim countries that had heads of state that are women? Pakistan has had one, uh, Bangladesh has had two, Indonesia has had one, Turkey's had one, Iran has had a, had a vice president, uh, I think Senegal has also had a, a Muslim head of state. So we've been, we've, a lot of times people say that we're anti-women, but we have a bunch of countries where we elected women as heads of state. 
And yeah, I do think some people voted for him uh, out of racism and bigotry, but I still think most people voted for him because they were sick of politicians, and he's not a politician, so they thought, all right, we're going to go against the politicians to help us get jobs. But we'll see. Yes, ma'am. Um, so I wanted to bring the conversation back to um, what you were talking about, about poverty and um, about uh, food instability, but um, just to a larger level about economic um, disparity mm -hmm. and how, how we as Muslims living in a city can really affect all of those red states. Mm -hmm. Like, how, how do you get the message out there that, you know, I'm a Muslim, I'm good, I'm, we're doing good things, how can we help you? Mm -hmm. It just seems like there's those two Americas, mm -hmm. and we're obviously, Muslims are populated in big city, diverse already states. So how do we, with besides getting up and moving, which nobody's going to do? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so the question is, how do we, how do we get the message across, across in red states? Um, I don't have a good answer for that. Um, I can give some partial answers. One is, where you are, you still do the best that you can, because all these people have relatives in all those regions too. Um, or, you know, those of us who are physicians and who have specializations like cardiology and oncology, maybe we can get jobs in those red states <laughs> and, and then do the work over there. But uh, I've, been, I've been wrestling with it. Uh, I think it's a big question that everyone across the country is really wondering about because it does really feel like we have two different countries, right? The people who are in the cities and the people who are in the rural areas, and it's almost like they're two completely different cultures. But, yeah, I've been thinking about that. I don't have an answer yet. My dad is also here. If, he, if there's any answers, if you have any suggestions on what to do about... Uh, any, any other questions? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Sorry, I came in uh, a bit late. Again, for those who don't know me, my name is Javed Akhtar, and I'm Norshin's dad. <laughs> I'm very proud of that. Okay. MashaAllah. And, and also grandparents to a couple of kids here. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the way, uh, as I look at it, I think the challenge is that uh, you have to continue to contribute positively to the society while at the same time fighting uh, uh, Islamophobia and stereotyping. Uh, the, the nation did not become racist overnight, that is true. But uh, what happens at the top, the president, uh, the policies he sets, the things he says, uh, the people who surround himself with have a major impact. So, for example, what President Obama did, uh, whether you liked everything he did or not, you're never going to like a single person. Unless you are the president yourself, you're not going to like in anything somebody else did, but what he did had an impact. He was very careful. Now, what this man has done is surrounded himself right now with uh, the worst uh, racists and Islamophobes you can imagine. I mean, there's a fellow named Steve Baden, who's probably going to be uh, he's in the running for being his uh, right-hand right, right man and so on. And, if you Google and look at his writing, uh, it says you go away completely stunned that somebody like him actually exists and now he's in a position of power. So I think it's good to go back, not only look at what's going on now, take a much broader historical view of things. So uh, keep your hands down for a second. I'm going to speak for like three minutes and then yeah, I don't know what your hands will get tired. <laughs> So I think it's, it's a good to go back and let, take a little bit of a historical perspective uh, to it. For example, uh, how many here uh, know the word Islamophobia and can you tell me what it means? What does it mean? It means being afraid of people who are Muslim and um, um, kind of avoiding them. Kind of avoiding them. Very good. Very good answer, yes. Um, fear of Islam. Fear of Islam itself, okay. Someone who's against Islam or anything associated with it. So we kind of know what it means, right? Even though uh, I actually wrote down the technical definitions. I thought it would be good. The word, it was a new word in neologism that came uh, around in 1991. There's a think tank in England. Uh, they had set up a group looking at the uh, racism against British Muslims. 
and they had a group with a lot of Muslims in that. And this Renimid Foundation in 1991 defined Islamophobia as unfounded hostility towards Muslims and therefore fear or dislike of all or most Muslims. So there is a prejudice. There is like, it's all based in stereotyping. Now how many of you know what stereotyping means? Yes, go ahead. So stereotyping... You want to come sit down, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stereotyping is putting different people in different groups and um, putting labels on them, basically. Excellent, yeah, very good, very good. And that word actually goes back even further to 1922. It was called Walter Lippmann in writing in Public Opinion. He said, a distorted image not based on fact, but derived culturally, okay? So do you know, we all stereotype each other, right? We're not immune. We are as guilty of stereotyping others as we do. So do you know, have you heard any stereotyping language at home or among friends? You want to share it with me without naming names? Yes. Like, um, since I'm Indian, everyone's like, all Muslims are only Pakistanis. Is that wrong? All Muslims are? That's wrong. Pakistanis. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if you were to go to Yorktown shopping mall and stand there and ask the question to Americans, they will say most Muslims are Arabs. They will say that, even though that's not correct. Anything else? Do you, do you uh, stereotype anybody? I mean, I know Hyderabadis get stereotyped a lot. Hi, <laughs> 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 So what do you think of, when you say a, now, do you know Jesse Jackson? Yeah. He's an African-American activist, so on. He said something very, very good once. He said that when I'm walking alone, I see uh, young African-American males behind me. I have a twinge of fear, and I feel very guilty about it because I am stereotyping. So stereotyping in some ways it's natural. We do stereotype each other all the time. We do that when we see, uh, you know, when you see stereotyping of Jews, have you heard of that? In family conversation all the time. Or, you know, what is the commonest stereotype for Hispanic Americans? If you see Hispanic American, illegal, yeah. Even though he may be a judge in Indiana, right? So, illegal. So, I think that now, and it's stereotyping goes all the way back, centuries. Uh, for example, the Prophet of Allah, was he stereotyped? When he was, yes, 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 yes. How was he stereotyped? What were they saying when he say he went out with his message and started preaching? How was he, what words did they use to stereotype him? Anybody? In the Quran itself, it says, yes. As what? Liars. 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 Liars, yes. Have you heard in Quran when you read, did you read the word majnoon? Majnoon, right? What does that mean? A man, somebody who has been possessed. He was also stereotyped as kahin. You know what that means? Kahin, somebody who throws spells on other people. So he was these people, he's, you know, he was also called a poet. So those three words appear. Now remember, those days when somebody got sick, you know, this is very different times, right? It was not, and if you get sick, somebody will say, well, do you have the flu? Well, when in the time of the Prophet somebody got sick, they would say either the, the God has been angry and sort of, you know, set down a, something, you know, punishment on him, or some kahin or somebody has thrown a bad smell, spell on him. It wasn't like somebody got sick. So, I mean, those were the days. So, those were the words. And how did he respond to it? How did he respond to his stereotyping? Can somebody tell me? You guys? Go ahead. When he was stereotyped, how did he respond to it? Did he respond in anger? Was he calm? Did he walk away from people who confronted him sometimes? Yes. Go ahead. Can you speak a little? He was peaceful and he kept trying to peace. He was very peaceful. Even, you know, there is that well-known story of that woman who threw, 
bones in his pathway and through garbage and threw stuff on him. And once she did not show up, what did he do? Do you know that story? Yeah. Um, he went to her and she was sick and he actually helped her. Exactly. So that's why. So one thing we need to do is we, we have to be aware, okay, we are also stereotyping others. When these people are voting for Donald Trump, we are thinking them of them as bigots. Either bigots or seriously stupid. I've, I've thought of that myself. How could it be that people are voting? I mean, he's playing for them. He's playing them. He's lying. I mean, every word that is coming out of his mouth, every phrase, every sentence, every vowel, every consonant is a lie. And how can they buy that? If you confirm say, what she said is a lie, he comes back with another lie that's even worse than the first lie. So I said, how can anybody buy that? Isn't that, you know, are they, are they, are they, you know, I mean, if you have somebody who's so racist in his pronouncement, he doesn't even, didn't just say, uh, I'm opposing uh, immigration. He said, well, immigrants are, and he used rapists and murderers and so on. So he actually was going for the meanest uh, instinct a person may have. To say, if, if somebody uh, is doing that, then, uh, then how, do you, how, do you, how do you respond to it? Uh, well, his, his, the folks who listened to it, actually, I don't think were buying that. They said, well, it's, it's all political uh, rhetoric and that uh, when he's there, he won't do this, he won't sow so this thing. Some of them actually said that if it comes to the point, point that he's so racist, we will stand with you and, and oppose him. So I, th I think that's one of the things we need to do. So not everybody who actually voted for uh, Trump, we should automatically consider him a bigot or a racist. They did it for many different reasons. The biggest reason was he promised them jobs which are not going to come back, and most of the jobs were lost, not just to Mexico, but to a robot or to a microchip. So, I mean, you know, that, those are not going to come back. But that was his expectation. So don't think of them automatically as, as you interact with the red state. It's good to say, okay, but they may have a certain uh, viewpoint that uh, we can also relate to. And let's understand at least if not relate to. Okay, go ahead. Go for it. Yeah. Which one? Yeah. Okay. So, since Donald Trump has won the election, what do you think in four years, if he decides to run again, will be the outcome? Regardless of that's I am not in the prediction that you want to predict. It. I think he'll be impeached in two years. <laughs> Do you think the sort of things that Donald Trump said throughout his campaign, he said just to get elected, or do you think he actually believed what he said? I don't think anybody knows what he believes in. I don't think even he knows what he believes in. I think he came down the first day, he, you know, came down to the escalator and said, I'm running for president. Everybody thought it was a joke and a stunt. So if you look at the picture, somebody showed the picture of them watching the election results and their expression, they were stunned. They were not just happy, they were stunned. Even they didn't believe that they could win. So we don't know what's going to do. It's, it's impossible to predict. But if you go by the people who surrounded himself with, that's bad news. They are some of the worst people you can imagine, whether it's uh, Giuliani or the former speaker, whatever his name is, it's Steve Bannon. There's so many of these people who are, I mean, it, when was the last time uh, KKK celebrated the president who was elected, right? I think that's also important that it was not a, just an anti-Muslim thing, it was anti-Hispanic, it was anti-disabled, it was somewhat anti-women, it was anti a lot of people. So he drew on lots of people's different fears to bring them to a consensus together. So I think one thing that is important is that it was not like, there wasn't a somebody singled out, he used whatever fear he could get from whoever, whether it was job insecurity or of anything, to bring those people together. 
Uh, I think that um, when you when you see that Donald, what Donald Trump has done, how he um, stereotyped people, and how he really thought of there was this one ideal person, and that was the only person that could actually be good. And but then I really think that uh, what we need to try to do is try to tell everyone that we are all the same person. We still feel the same fears that everyone else does. But just because we're Muslim doesn't mean there's anything different. It's a combination of both, uh, but it's more what they're hearing outside. Sure. And I think just this is a, just a just a thought for the future. I mean, he used social media very effectively, and perhaps we as a group can use social media in an opposite way to reach out to those red states and all the stuff like that. Because I, I actually. I have a lot of hope in the very young population right now because I actually, I think they have very little boundaries on race, on religion, on other things like that. I really don't believe that they think that way. And I feel like if we, uh, through social media, communicate and reach out to them, there will be a completely different population that's being raised up than the ones that's like retiring right now. That's a very good point because even in the evangelical group, which is the most extreme, there is a big difference between the young evangelicals and the old. Just a statement, like Donald Trump, as much as he talks against ISIS, they have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. He used social media, they used social media. He fed off the fear of people, off the ignorance, off the desperation, just like ISIS does. And that's how they get their recruits, that's how they get their recruits. So, I mean, maybe, I don't know, we should start, maybe we should start something to use social media to, I don't know how to fight it. So, so everyone, uh, Shabana has said you have, I have to tell your parents that you need Facebook accounts, you need Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Let's do MySpace. MySpace. MySpace is still around. Twitter. So um, I think as a Muslim community, when things like this happen, we also are fearful, and we tend to stand with people that want to be with us, support us. You know, we're doing things with churches, standing in solidarity. But uh, what do you think about reaching out to people that don't think like this at all? I mean, the you know, like the extreme other side, Trump supporters. What's the best way to do that? And do you think like in high school, at the high school level, at the college level, these MSAs? Do you think it's a good thing to reach out to things Absolutely. like the Republican Students Association yeah. and have dialogues with them? Yeah, Absolutely. And what's the best way to do it in a good way? I mean, uh, have meals with them. Right. Correct. Uh, I mean, we as a community, we all like to give speeches and such, but uh, right. we stop like paying attention to speeches at some point. But um, um, have yeah. events with them at, uh, at the high school. Because I think level. the most beneficial for me is, uh, you know, I work in medicine. I have a lot of partners that are Republican. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of partners that voted for Trump. Mm -hmm. None of them are racist. Yeah. You know, none of them are, you know, they're just they don't like Obamacare. They don't like what's happened mm -hmm. to the economy. Um, but that one-to-one -one conversation with them to understand where they're coming from mm -hmm. um, is, you know, that's like you can't. That's invaluable. Yeah, that's exactly. But I think what the student did. level too, instead of just hanging out with the people that support us, mm -hmm. you know, like the Christian, the good Christians that support mm -hmm. us, is to reach out to these the, the Trump supporters, to reach out yeah, to the Republican Students Association, things yeah. like that, and just try to understand mm -hmm. what we're all. Yeah, and you'll learn a lot, and uh, you'll see that each person is a full human being with concerns and such. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, I just have a lot to say. First of all, um, Trump is really like racist and all this stuff, but he appealed to a lot of people, though. He appealed to business people. He appealed. He appealed. He appealed, he appealed to people who wanted jobs. He appealed to people who wanted to cut their taxes. He appealed to a lot of people. And don't forget, the evangelicals voted because they were afraid that the new. Supreme Court. The Supreme Court, that played a big role. They thought if there's a liberal judge, then, you know, all of their uh, laws will go down the drain. Yeah. Don't forget, Comey's 
really that, you know, did make a huge difference at the last minute. Yeah, he also appealed to a lot of people that were scared of ISIS. Yeah. And he appealed to just a lot of people in, every, in a lot of ways. And I have a question. What do you think Trump will be able to do, like, what, of what he said that he will do? What do you think he'll be able to do and won't be able to do? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think he's going to be able to round up immigrants and deport them. Uh, I don't think he's going to be able to build a wall. Uh, I think he's going to try to make changes to Obamacare, but probably not get it from too far. Uh, but he will probably continue the war. So the big four things he said, the big wall, is going to be a fence, yeah. maybe a hedge. <laughs> so that's not going to happen. Obamacare has already said the, the two most popular parts of it, which is, uh, you know, you can be on your parents' insurance at 26 years of age, and you're not denied insurance for pre-existing condition. He's not going to be able to get rid of it. He's not going to. It's going to be very hard for him to get rid of for Republicans to get rid of Obamacare altogether because a lot of hospitals and pharmacies, they have built that into the system. And there are 20 million people on it, so it's going to be very difficult. They can't legally get rid of it for a year once they've signed up. So that's going to be very different. He can, if he wants to, uh, give out a presidential uh, edict saying, uh, I ban Muslims from X, Y, and Z countries from it. He can do that. That is within his power. So he may be able to do that and to bring back jobs. He's, that's not going to happen. He can't do that. Uh, uh, before we continue, DuPage United presents We the People Know Your Muslim Neighbor. Uh, DuPage United Fall Assembly, Solidarity in Action, Treatment, Not Incarceration. This is November 17th, 7 p.m. at the Islamic Center of Naperville Gymnasium on Ogden Avenue. It says, come to our assembly to continue the We the People Solidarity Campaign and press for expanded mental health resources. For law enforcement and families, this meeting will focus on welcoming new members, community crisis diversion centers, more police diversion strategies, refugee organizing strategies. But beyond this, I just wanted to encourage everybody to come. There are a lot of churches who have stepped up to come and show their solidarity with the Muslim community. They not only want to say that they stand in solidarity with us, but they also want to go and help the Syrian refugees. They want to do the right in the Christian magazines about us and say that they stand in solidarity with us and educate the general public who may not know somebody who's Muslim. So I think it's really, really important that we can all go and attend this assembly. And I hope that as many of you can, you can come, can come. It's on Thursday at ICM. Mm -hmm. You know, if you guys encounter anybody in your class, you know, friends or anything like that on social media, I don't know, Instagram, I don't know if you're open up to Facebook yet, don't lash out at people as your friends that Trump voted Trump or anything like that. Because I know my daughter had a Alina. She's in college, but she um, had a high school friend that was posting on Facebook and she was crying and saying, I voted for Trump and everyone was saying and filthy and this. And so it was like, oh, I'm so sorry that you're being treated that way. And, you know, like empathize and, and try to, you know, like if you say, oh, yeah, you deserve it, you're like, you know, then, you know, <laughs> just kind of be, so just try to be empathetic or try to, you know, try to explain to them in a nice way. Like Uncle said, the way Prophet Muhammad did it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, who who do you think the Democrats should run in 2020? <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone's saying Michelle Obama. <laughs> yeah, so either either Michelle Obama or Kanye West, one of those two. Yeah. 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 The Democratic Party has never really had a, a person to really be excited about, you know. Yeah, they had Bernie Sanders, but then, you know, the yeah, it's like, say Bernie Sanders, like, the accent, Bernie Sanders, I mean, it's just, it's like natural, but, yeah. I think Kanye West has a pretty good chance. Kanye West has a pretty good chance, yeah. 
exactly. Then, then like his his cabinet is going to be a trifle have you, quest. Have you, guys, have you guys had any any incidents since the election, or have you personally at school? Anybody? No. That's good. I mean, it's good we live in a blue state, in a kind of a deep blue city. So I think you will still may run into uh, stereotyping from time to time. I mean, it does happen. I have to tell you a funny incident that happened to to night. Noshin and I was standing right outside the Islamic Foundation waiting for somebody to join us under that sign that says Islamic Foundation. And there is this car that drives up from the school. The high school kids are there and two of them are hanging out the window. And as they come closer, they scream at us and they use a curse word and say, Gandhi. <laughs> so I said, if you're going to stereotype me, at least write the stereotype. Call me like turban head. <laughs> Where did that guy come from? But there are serious consequences. Remember in Wisconsin, the, the Sikh temple that was, the guy got in and shot them up. He thought they were Muslims who were praying there. Uh, just last week in, I think in Portland, there was a... Uh, man who was getting out of his car and he got blindsided. Somebody slammed the car door as he was getting out. He hit the head and fell down. And the last thing he remembered was, again, a curse word and Muslim. And it turned out this guy is a Buddhist monk. He was just going out for a, for a walk. You know what I used to do? When, when me and my friends would drive downtown, every time I saw somebody at AC, I'd shout, Hey, go back to my country! <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but it, it's good to kind of work through the scenario in your own head. What will you do when somebody says something mean or nasty? How do you respond to it? Maybe you can actually do scenarios at school and see how do you respond. I remember years ago when I was very naive and sitting chatting with one of my colleagues who I liked a lot and she's a physician, very good. And out of the blue, there's some discussion going on. He said, well, you know, Islam spread by the sword. And I was angry and incensed. I said, how can she say that? I liked her. And I just, I said, okay, later, I said, if I knew and would be faced with these uh, stereotypic uh, ideas, I should have been able to better at handling it. I did very very poorly. So uh, it's, 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 it's an extra burden on our kids, I think. We didn't really have it that much, or I can't remember any, growing up that we have to face this kind of, uh, you know, in-your-face racism and stereotype, but it's there, frankly. So I received the signal that we are supposed to finish up now. Uh, anyone have a last, yes? So I want to just say the opposite. So after the election, actually, for me, I have like a group of friends that are with each of my kids, basically. Pretty much none of them are Muslim. They all reached out to me with their outrage and how disappointed their kids were and how their kids were crying and upset about the thing. So there is lots of very good people in this world Absolutely. who are very supportive of us. Mm -hmm. And I think we just have a little bit more work to do, but I think we have a lot of support, I think especially in this community. Okay, very good. Okay, may Allah bless you all, and make sure you still work harder than everybody else. Okay, assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.